Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. So my topic for today is showing up as yourself in your content. What does that mean? Um, so just to give you a little bit of background on me, I own a communications firm. I got my start in content writing across the web about a decade ago, and I love helping uh, thought leaders and businesses reach their business goals through stronger, better communication strategy and top-level content. So what does it mean to show up as yourself in your content? You know, it really comes back to that core idea that many people do what you do, but you're the only one who brings your experience, your approach, your vision, your differentiating qualities of how you do it, where you're going. And if you can share that in your content, it's going to be a game changer in who you attract to work with you, who you repel, who might not be a good fit. And also even that customer retention that Michelle and Scott were talking about earlier today. So today I want to walk you through six things that trip people up, um, you know, six things that we can kind of demystify, debunk, work through together, and then I am going to leave some time to uh, workshop, hopefully, before we pass the mic over. So um, I know sometimes it's a listening stage, but if you have a question, you know what, I'm going to turn the hand raisers on and uh, hopefully have the time to uh, pass the mic around, op uh, answer some questions and workshop a bit today. Okay, so what is the first thing that I see trip people up from showing up as themselves in their content? The first thing that I would say is waiting for inspiration. There absolutely are those moments when inspiration strikes. We've all been there. You're driving in the car. You're in the middle of a workout. You are in the shower, whatever the case may be, and you're like, oh, this is brilliant. I have to capture it. I have to write it down. But here's the thing that I have found and that the writers that I work with have found and the content creators have found that's really interesting is that actually you have to train inspiration to be there. And what that means is that for the most part, even people who are hit with inspiration, even people who are hit with that brilliant point, they are not people who haven't picked up a pen or a phone or a computer or an iPad in 10 years or in 10 months or in 10 weeks. 
they are people who work creating content the same way that you would work out a muscle. They generally have a diligent writing routine, just like you'd have a fitness routine. They set time aside regularly to work on their content. They're constantly thinking through what do they want to share. And so then because they're so practiced in that discipline of writing, of creating content, they can recognize when that fresh when that special idea is there. And I think that's such an important thing to clarify because if you are confused here, if you're waiting for inspiration, if you use that as an excuse to never prepare, then you actually are never gonna get hit with inspiration. You know, there's that quote, luck is where preparation meets opportunity. I think the same thing goes for inspiration. Inspiration is where preparation meets opportunity. So just remember that a lack of preparedness doesn't create space for inspiration. A lack of preparedness actually creates a lack of inspiration. So prepare to put great content out there. And then think about it. If you're inspired in the moment and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Uh, what do I do with this amazing thing that I already created? Uh, schedule that out for next week. And isn't that going to be great? Isn't that going to be a breath of fresh air? You're not going to lose that content. So absolutely prepare. And that's when inspiration is going to strike. So the next thing that I see, the second thing that I see trip people up all the time is the quest to sound impressive. The quest to sound impressive, I promise you, is an obstacle to creating even better content. The first thing I want to say, and I say this all the time, is that you can absolutely write conversationally and still sound like an expert. You absolutely can. I think so many of us were used to being graded on papers for so many years that we think, how's my sentence structure? You know, how's my, is this formal enough? Do I need a thesis sentence? Do I need five paragraphs and an intro and a conclusion? When the reality is, right? In your content, you're trying to connect with people. And lots of times you're trying to connect with people on the other side of a screen. And especially if we're talking about written content or if we're talking about some kind of content where you're not necessarily having that automatic engagement like we might have on a clubhouse, like we might have on video, like we might have on a live, you're trying to connect with them. And so why would you, when you have this really incredible organic way of maybe walking up to someone and speaking with them and sharing what you do or reaching out on the phone, you know, you have all of these ways where when you speak like a person, you're able to connect with someone else. Why would you take that and say that you need to artificially add in all of this formality, all of these complexities. You know, it's so important to hone in on this because it's generally when we're doubting ourselves, when we say this doesn't sound fancy enough, this doesn't sound formal enough, we're doubting our knowledge, our power, what we're good at, what we're able to communicate. That's what gets in your way because the very best writing is clear. And if I can, you know, leave you with one thing, whether you're listening now on Clubhouse, whether you're listening to the podcast at some point in the future, I want you to use smaller words to explain bigger concepts. That's if there's one takeaway from this whole session, I want you to use smaller words to explain bigger concepts. Why? Because in that last sentence, I could have said to elucidate, to illuminate, to inform, why? I'm not writing a poem, right? Like I always talk about in every session, you have to have a role and a goal. Every time you speak, every time you create content, you should have a role and a goal. My goal is to chat with you about your content and how we can level it up. I'm not trying to, to go back to what Laura Wilde said, talk about my verbal SAT scores. They were really good. 
is not the point of this conversation, right? It's for me to share that with you. That's not the point, right? So, you know, you can save yourself from the embarrassment of using a word that doesn't mean what you think it does. Um, and you can just, more importantly, find that space to connect with people. Now, of course, the one caveat I will say, you don't want to swing the pendulum all the way the other way, right? You wear a bikini to the beach, not to the boardroom. So we can still, you know, come with our professionalism, but it doesn't have to be stilted. It doesn't have to be academic. It doesn't have to be formal. You can speak how you would speak with someone else, and that'll really strengthen your writing. The third point that I want to talk to you about, the third misconception that I hear all the time when people say they want to level up their content is that they assume more is more. And this can happen both within a piece of content, and this can also happen holistically um, and overall. So unless it's your brand to just overwhelm with content, like if you're Gary Vee and you are pumping out more content than anyone else, and that's who you are, and that's what you do, and that's what your ethos, then like go, go for it, right? But for so many other people, unless your thing is omnipresence, unless your brand is I'm everywhere, I'm all the things at all the time, most people... Um, again, unless they have a killer content team to pump it out for them, we'll see that that level of content creation, too often it happens at the expense of quality. So again, I'll give you kind of a small scale example. I want you to think about when you're writing something, it could be an article, it could be a caption, it could be your notes for what you want to talk about in an upcoming, upcoming clubhouse segment. When you start pressuring yourself to add in more and more and more examples, right? you might see that your focus shifts. If you have one example, if you're telling one story as an example, you're gonna take your time to dive in. You're gonna you know, really hold the listener's hand and walk them through that story. Maybe you're gonna set the scene. Maybe you're gonna talk to them in a sensory way so that they can picture it, they can smell it, they can hear it, they can feel it because you have time. You have time to walk through that one example. Conversely, when you start pressuring yourself, every point's going to have three, four, five, six examples. You are jutting through them so fast. You have one sentence. You're like, and picture this. Um, you know, and the thing about that is that if you say to everyone, picture a vacation, my guess is that everyone's going to picture something different. Whereas if you take the time to walk them, them through a historic district somewhere and the point that you want to tell them about versus walk them through that moment sitting on the beach and listening to the waves versus walk them through that staycation at home. Those are all going to elicit different emotions, different context. So, you know, whenever you can kind of fight that urge to do more is more, except, right, with the exception of if your sincere, again, role and goal is to mix it up. So again, for example, um, when I was working at the Muse, we'd call it a long list. So if we had had article after article after article where we delved into something with um, a lot of context and with a lot of nuance, then we'd shoot out a 50-point long list. So it might be like a typical article might have three to five ways to think through something or conceptualize something. And then when we shot out the, the 50 things you need to know about X, each one would be one short sentence. So I think it's okay to do that as kind of a palate cleanser, but in general, again, to grow that connection with your audience, right? Which is our goal here in strengthening our content. We want to actually edit down for ourselves. And we wanna make sure that we're actually using less um, examples that are of higher quality. So the next thing that I want to talk about that sometimes people 
um, can kind of trip themselves up with is the experience that they're pulling from. So, you know, as I was thinking about my segment today, um, as I was doing some research, I found this quote by Benjamin Franklin, uh, where he said, either write something worth reading or do something worth writing. So again, he said, either write something worth reading or do something worth writing. Um, you know, I, I love that. It's like classic Benjamin Franklin wit to say, like, have something to talk about or do something to talk about. But, you know, there's a thread here I really want to pull and there's an element that I really want to hone in on. And that's that, again, just like in the earlier point I was talking about, sometimes people worry that um, simple words will be confused with simple context. Um, sorry, with simple um, content. Sometimes people fear that if they don't have the most extensive resume, if they don't have the most unbelievable story that no one's going to want to learn from them, right? Is this something worth writing? Is this something worth sharing? And actually, this is a moment when you just have to lean into leading from where you are, when you have to lean into what value you can add based on the experience you have at that moment. Um, so again, I'll give you another example that I saw back when I was editing career advice all the time was that we would see very young writers come into the inbox all the time because they wanted to, um, they wanted to get published. They wanted their opportunity. Right. And I'll tell you, it felt a little bit bizarre when someone who'd had one job would write an article as the authority, as the be all end all on say management or something like that. I was like, your career is like a year old. How, how do you know more about management than people who are submitting articles that have been, you know, in the C-suite for the past two decades or who are management experts or who are literally, this is something that they've learned over the course of their career. That's something that I might've passed on. Whereas if someone who also had a year of experience had come to me and had written an article about what it felt like to be in their first job, what they'd learned in their first role, um, you know, what were the things that maybe had caught them by surprise, right? that person is speaking from the experience they actually have. Um, and so that's something that I really want to talk about in the experience you pull from. Too often we think, again, going back to not using vocabulary just because it sounds impressive. Oh, this experience sounds impressive. So I have to throw that in. I would rather you speak authentically on what you know. That's going to be so powerful. That's going to move people. Um, so that's another thing that I want you to kind of challenge yourself with, get out of your own way. Stop saying this isn't impressive enough. Say, this is something I know. That's what you want to share to really level up your content and show up as yourself in your content, right? Um, one thing that I think sometimes flags for people as well, sometimes when people are questioning their own experience, the entire breadth of the content they share is, um, is secondhand, is curated, is sourced. A hundred percent, there is an important role in informing your audience that has to do with curating content. So I'll give you an example. I love Leah Haberman's social media newsletter. Um, if I haven't sent it to you, I'm sorry. Shoot me a text, a WhatsApp, a DM. I will send you the subscribe link. I have no like affiliate connection with it. I just think it's the very best um, social media newsletter out there. She sends it out once a week. I think it's exceptional. And I generally will share that and I will share articles from it and I'll shoot it around to people um, because I think it's that good. And I also think that, you know, in all candor, it gives me a little bit of credibility that I can say to people, hey, this really is a phenomenal social media newsletter that's going to tell, th tell you things first, right? So 
sharing content of others is great. But if all I ever did was share other people's content, people would never get to know me. They'd never get to know my voice. They'd never get to know my opinions. I wouldn't be showing up as myself. So you really want to find that balance between um, being someone who curates the ideas of others, puts them forward, lifts them up, um, is that person who people can turn to to kind of cut through the noise, but always, always, always make sure that you're speaking from your experience as well. The next thing that I see gets in people's way when they're trying to show up as themselves and create their best content is they sometimes live in a world where they're their own harshest critic and they also assume that their opinion is the be all end all. Again, a great thing for me working with editors for the first several years of my writing career was that I had this moment where there would be times when I would turn in an article that I thought was the jam, I thought I looked like the best writer of all time, and they would shoot it back to me within an hour and be like, change this, rewrite this, drop this, this is off, we can't do this, like, nope, you totally missed it. And there would be times when I sent an article in just because it was on deadline and I just had to get it out there and my editor would write me back and be like, perfect, no changes. And then that's the one that like would get shared like crazy by all of our readers and people would say it resonated. And that was such an important moment for me and such an important lesson for me. And again, when we talk about how do I level up in that next level of my career, how am I really creating better content? The best content creators out there, I promise you, they're working with thought partners. They are working with that external voice who they trust with that person who says, actually, this could be even stronger and here's how, or actually you hit the nail on the head with this one. So find that sounding board who you trust. That's going to make a huge difference. You never want to operate in a vacuum. Um, and then the next point that I'm going to make, because I promise I would save some time for questions. I see we have some hands raised. I definitely want to honor that. The last thing that I see sometimes getting in people's way is that they overexert themselves in their content. And what I mean by that is that you absolutely have to honor your deadlines, but you also have to honor your energy. And so I truly think that unless you are creating content for something that's a moment in your career, right? I've never written on this level. I've never spoken on this level. I've never this, I've never that. For the most part, by and large, your content that you're creating in order to stay consistent, it is okay to ebb and flow in the level of genius in the content that you put forth. As long as it serves your audience, as long as it shares your perspective, as long as it's good, there will be seasons when you can't create the best, most earth-shattering content of your life. Keep showing up. That good content, that solid content that's going to serve someone and that consistency is going to be really valuable and really powerful. So those are all the points that I had today. I'm gonna start by looking for some mic flashes from the top of the stage, from some of our, our moderators and our speakers. And then, as I said, I will pull up the hand raises. So if anyone has a question on how they can create better content, show up as themselves in their content, or if there's anything you've learned, as I said, I'm going to take just a moment to look on the stage and then I'll pull up. Susie, I see you flashing. Hey, Sarah, i always have a question prepared to help support our speakers. Um, I, this was so helpful. I took some notes because I love producing content. I have a question for you as you begin to have other people help with your content. Um, because I'm at that place where I have some people doing some posting and doing actually some ghostwriting. And I'm curious how you handle that or do you just always write your own content? Not an article for a paper. This is more of a social media piece. I know you work with a lot of thought leaders on, and as we get more and more responsibilities, there's, there's more and more we delegate. And so I'd love some insights on how you make sure it stays in your 
own voice as you get help. Absolutely. So the first thing that I think, and you literally just hit the nail on the head when you said the word voice, the first thing that I would say is that you want to be very scrutinizing in who you hire that they can write in your voice, because that's almost the biggest flag that someone has moved to a ghostwriter is if um, someone has a certain cadence to their writing and one day it's like they flip a switch and it's gone. And so I would say that there are people who specialize in that. Um, I mean, literally like one of the things that people used to say about me when I was working with, um, when I was editing for so many people is that they would say, this sounds like me even better. And I would wear that like a mantle that I could sound like 300 different people. So those people exist. And literally like that's who you want to thought partner with is someone who specializes in sounding like you. The next thing that I would say is that, and then Michelle, I'm going to come to you next. Um, whenever you delegate out and anything, right, you always want to be um, like more uh, paying even closer attention at first because it is going to be a thought partnership. So the, another thing that I would say is that I would never hire someone to write for you and just like hand it off. Um, I would like literally have it be a partnership, build in timelines for them to send to you what all the captions would sound like. And then I would pick up the phone and I would walk through with them like Monday looks great. Tuesday, I would never use the word X. I always use the word Y. Wednesday, if you actually look back at a post that I did in January, you can see that I always talk about this like that. On Thursday, I would actually rather us dig into this. On Friday, can you? So I think I would build that time and in initially to build that rapport, and then they'll get more and more into sounding like you. Beautiful, Michelle. What would you like to add to this, my friend? Oh, I was just over here cheering for you. You know, it's so funny because I, I do brand strategy. I do social media for clients and you you hit the nail on the head. I have so many people that will come to me. They've worked with other people. And that's the biggest complaint that I've gotten is that they'll have someone who's doing social media for them and it doesn't sound anything like them. It's so incredibly imperative that when you're working with a client on brand strategy, social media, content, what have you, that you are going to put in the time and the effort to really get to know that person, their mannerisms, even down to the inflection of their tone when they're speaking. And when we start taking on clients, we really do, we go back a year or two years, we, we literally develop this pattern so that we're able to basically not just even put content out, but also respond because that's part of what we do too. Whether people are connecting with them in Messenger on their business profile or leaving comments, we wanna be able to respond in that tone of voice so that it completely feels authentic. And it's so, so, so important that you show up in content as your authentic self, whether it's you personally doing your content or you hiring someone to do your content, that authenticity factor is truly what wins. So I'm just literally over here cheering. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Can I add to that real quick, Sarah? Do you mind? Go for it. Awesome. Um, so for me, like, I guess what I wanted to add is if you can find someone that's already like in your community, somebody that's already connected with you, somebody that already knows you, it makes that even a little bit easier. Uh, when we first brought on, uh, I have a young lady that helps with content on some of my social media platforms. And one of the first posts that she did, um, I came home from work that day and my wife gave me a kiss and my wife was like, that post that you made today was, was like, she's like, I really loved it. Thank you so much. And I was like, 
what post? Because <laughs> I hadn't written the content. Uh, but the young lady that writes for me, she understood my voice. She understood the affection and the way the, my relationship works with my kids and with my wife. Because she'd been following me for a long time, you know. And so if you can find someone in your community, um, same thing with Sarah, Sarah McCord. Uh, she's understood the Breakfast with Champions community and has been able to come in and create, you know, the verbiage and carry on the culture that we had already built because she just had a full thorough understanding and then she took the time to even ask me like 30 questions about different things why do you do this why do you do that why this why do you say this what does this mean to you and really getting an understanding of what we're trying to capture and that message we're, try we're trying to deliver so that would be my only additional suggestion is if you can find someone who's already connected to you that is an expert in those areas it can make the transition a little bit smoother Absolutely. Yeah. And let's shout her out. Her name is Alex Troy and she owns a social media agency. And if you want that contact info, shoot a Glenn or me a DM because she's awesome. Anais, did you and Mike, my friend? Also, I just want to say Anais and Donna, my sisters from LA, with your hands on your chin here so early in the morning. I'm so honored you're both here. Hi, Anais. She's on the East Coast right now. So it's a decent hour. That's why you're here. <laughs> I have no problem admitting that. Um, good morning, everybody. Uh, so I actually wanted to add the piece that you were talking about earlier in, in your segment about inspiration being a muscle really resonated with me. Um, and Sarah, you know this, but the people uh, that are here might not know this, is that I'm, I have ADD, I'm neurodivergent. And a lot of the clients that I work with are also uh, neurodivergent. So I, I really wanted to kind of lean into that point because I think there's a lot of belief systems around being neurodivergent that we really kind of work against routine. So I wanted to offer a nuance for folks that do resonate with being ADD or, or neurodivergent that has worked for me because I am such a big believer in growing that inspiration muscle uh, rather than waiting for it to hit you. So I just wanted to share that something that works for me is instead of having a set routine is I have a set ritual that helps get me into the zone. So no matter what time of day that I'm doing it, I know how to get myself primed into a point where I can sit down and write through all these different ideas. So I just really wanted to add that little bit of nuance because it is such an important point and it, it makes such a huge difference in being able to, uh, and even if you're working with a writer to create content, create ideas, create outlines for them to then go off and, and either write for you or whatever else it is. So I just wanted to thank you for the segment, Sarah. And you kind of inspired me for my segment later today day too so uh thank you <laughs> that's all I have I'm so glad and that's at 4 30 right Anais yes it is yeah so come back for more Anais she's amazing Amelia I saw you on mic good morning beautiful superhuman I just wanted to jump in real quick you know um for those people who actually know me and then if you hop over to Steve Harvey um I've been a ghost for decades for a lot of these big celebrities. Uh, we listened to Steve for about a year in listening campaigns. And I think for somebody who is ghosting for somebody else, they should elevate the inner intention of the client, right? If you, and you can, if, especially you, Sarah, because you know me, you can absolutely look at Steve's posts and his, all that stuff and go, oh, there's an Ameliaism there. Oh, there's whatever, because I'm his strategist, right? And so it was about making a better version of Steve, right? To connect with what he knows in his heart to his community. That's why 
we came in. And so I just wanted to jump in with Susie because I'm such her bigger fan. Um, Susie, I can show you the tools that we use um, to be able to ensure that your language, your dictionary, your content derives from your, we call it a sign off or approval, right? Approved content library and how those tools go from uh, concept into um, actual posting. Um, and Sarah knows this about me, you know, the shoemaker has no shoes, right? I can do it for other clients with my eyes closed, but to do it for myself is like doing my own brain surgery, right? So I always jump on on Sarah going, help me, help me. How do I, how do I get it out of my head? Cause I can't do it for myself, but you can absolutely, um, by looking at who I am and then jump over to, to one of our clients that most people know, and you can see how that ghosting is happening successfully. This is Amelia Mount. I love that advice, Amelia. So I want to be respectful of time because we have the beautiful Tamara who will be leading the next segment um, from 930 on. But I want to say to Lisa Skye, who I brought on stage and the people with their hands raised, um, I'm right here in the top row in the middle. If you want to shoot me a DM, if you have questions about your content, I do want to make sure that I have the chance to answer them. Um, so just fire off a DM over to me if you have any questions about your content. And I promise um, that I will look at those and get back to you. Um, on that so that I can answer your questions. Um Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.